Good morning and welcome. I'm your host, Shiki, and this is the other side of the storm. Let's get into it right off the bat today. Um, talking about today, it's a lot of stuff happened over the weekend. It was amazing. So I'm talking today about this your spirit, your your faith your prayer, and how prayer works and how to exercise your faith and your prayer. Increase your prayer life. Starting off with a question. Have you ever been in a situation where something happened that you just could not explain? Something that happened in your life, in a situation where you just have no other explanation for what happened other than it had to be God. It had to be something outside of yourself. I'm going to share some stories. Uh, well, they're not stories. they are things that really happened. But I'm going to tell you the story of what happened. One of the first things that happened, well, let me back up a minute, uh, a little uh, ways back. As you know, in several of my podcasts, I always talk about my family and myself included, our spiritual connection to others, our spiritual connection uh to God how we feel deeper uh spiritual connections sometimes and others uh around us may feel and um it's it's been like that for me as far back as I can remember one of um the issues uh I believe that I've seen angels Yes, I believe the angels are real. My family believes angels are real. I'm again, like I always say, I'm not here to debate or argue religion with anyone. These are just my personal beliefs. So, um, when my oldest daughter was young, she had her first asthma attack when she was less than three months old, and we lived the few streets over from our emergency room. And I I remember clearly going into the room and seeing my daughter laying in her bassinet and she was turning purple. Her chest was caving in and I automatically knew she was having an asthma attack. I scooped her up and I took off running and my mother was yelling, where are you going? I'm like, she can't breathe, she can't breathe, she can't breathe. Now, at the time, I also had chronic asthma, but that was not on my mind. Ran to the hospital. Of course, they see me, they're trying to treat me, and I'm, I, like, push my baby in their arms, and I tell them, you know, it's not me, it's her. And um, I was praying the whole time I was running, I was praying, Lord, please, please, please let let someone 
you know, be there to treat her right away. Let me get there without passing out. Let the doctors, you know, be there to help my daughter. I don't want her to die like this. This is a horrible death to die suffocating. This is my child. This is my baby. So I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, you know, I, I, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. I, I need you to, 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 to meet me there. Now, this was a busy ER, But when we got there, there were people in the waiting room, but they wasn't waiting to be seen. They were waiting on someone who was already back there being triaged. Soon as I walked to the door through the door, it happened to be a nurse walking past and she saw me and immediately took us to the back. They didn't stop to ask me to fill out paperwork or anything. They just took us to the back. They, you know, like, come on, we're gonna treat you. And I'm like, you know, trying to catch my breath and tell them, no, it's not me, it's my baby. I push her to them. And they start, you know, doctor takes her and works on her. In the meantime, they're trying to assess me. Long story short, they uh, treated both of us. Well, after I couldn't understand how it was possible that we were treated so, you know, so fast and everything and all the right people were there. It was already a respiratory therapist down there. Usually when you're in the ER, even if it's an emergency, you have to wait for them to page for respiratory therapy. Then you have to wait till respiratory get down there. But when we got there, it was already a respiratory therapist there. It was a pediatric nurse there. The doctor that was uh, on call at night happened to be a doctor who uh, was a pediatric doctor, I believe. He he was like that was his one of his specialties was pediatric care. So all the chills fell in place. I really believe that you know God heard my plea and He met me there. When I got there, He was already in the midst, and we learned, you know from study and prayer that while you're praying, God is already in the situation. So fast forward years later, um, my daughter is in the hospital. She, now mind you, during this time, she's had several asthma attacks, been in and out of the hospital, in and out of the hospital, even had an incident where this nurse accused me of having Munchausen by proxy because my daughter had had an asthma attack and had been in the hospital for about a week or two, and they discharged her. And we went home, and after a couple hours, we were back in the hospital because she couldn't breathe. Well, what they don't tell you in the hospital, and they don't share with you, I don't know if, if it's because they think you know or that it's not important. When you have asthma and you're treated with steroids and you're sent home on steroids, you can have what's called rebound asthma attack. And I didn't know this until after this whole fiasco happened that you 
get what's called a rebound episode because you've been pumped full of so many steroids while you're in the hospital. When they send you home, you're not getting a steady stream of steroids. You're getting steroids. They're no longer in the IV. You're taking them by mouth and they're not the same dosage. They're going to start winging you off day by day. You take one less, one less, one less. Anybody out there who's ever had asthma or ever took a Medrol dose pack or solar Medrol or anything like that, you know they wing you off. So while she was in the hospital, she was getting her uh, steroids through an IV. Now she was no longer on the IV when she went home. She, of course, was on medication. Well, I had been accused of having Munchausen by proxy because she had came back. That was a fiasco fiasco right there. Nurse got fired. The whole shebang. Well, this particular time when my daughter went to the hospital, she had asthma attack. And she was really bad. They were you know, doing all the asthma protocol and everything. And the nurse came to me and the doctor came and they said, mom, she's really bad. And we've done all we can, you know, for her. We're going to have to life flight her to children's hospital. When I say I was terrified, here I am a young mother with a child and they're telling me they've done all they can. That's the first thing I heard, and I, that broke me down. And then they said, no, we're still going to treat her as best we can. We mean we've done all that we're capable of doing. We're going to send her to Children's Hospital. This is when I say angels visit. I'm sitting in the hospital room. My baby is in a baby crib with a whole tent over her with oxygen steaming through, you know, uh, ventilation treatments through the oxygen in the tent that they have her inside. Plus she has a cannula, you know, in her nose trying to feed her raw oxygen. And I'm, I'm over there crying. I mean, I'm crying and praying and crying and praying. And all of a sudden, I felt this overwhelming calmness. I don't know why I felt calm all of a sudden. I just know I felt calm. And the nurses came in and they say, the helicopters is getting ready to land. The helicopter is getting ready to land. I'm crying. And all of a sudden I was calm. Now my daughter is struggling. She, my, my child is limp, lifeless, just sitting there, uh, well, lying there. And I had to go out to the desk and talk to the nurse. I couldn't think straight. I couldn't do anything. And the time it took me, because her room was directly across from the nurse's station. And the time it took me to go from the nurse's station back to the room, when we got back in the room, my daughter was sitting up in bed, smiling and talking. But there was nobody in the room that she was talking to. Everybody stopped and ran 
and started checking her and was like, oh my God, oh my God, I can't believe she's up and talking. Then a doctor, you know, being a doctor, they have to prepare you for the worst. They said, well, mom, you know, she could be crashing and they get better before they get worse and die. So prepare yourself. You know, she could be, you know, coding. So I looked at the doctor and I, you know, with confidence that I didn't know where it came from, I said, no, she's, she's going to be fine. I, I, I She's going to be fine. And she's talking and I said, are you okay? Are you okay? And, and then as they're talking, I hear people running. It's the life, the life flight um, crew. They're coming in to see her and they was like, where's the patient? They was like, she's in here. And when they got in there, they saw her and they said, I thought she was on life support, you know, needed to be on life support. And the nurse was like, she was, we don't know what happened. And so now the room is filled with people and they like, we got to check her. We got to, you know, make sure she's clear. And, and, and they're checking her and um, they're examining her and everything. And after what seemed like hours, they were like, well, she appears to be fine. And her lungs are amazingly clear. So we're going to take off. We're going to radio ahead and let them know what the situation is. And we're going to leave. Don't hesitate to call out for life flight again if the tables turn. When the process of everybody talking, the nurse, after everything come down, sometime for you know after everything come down they asked uh, uh are you okay how do you feel she said yeah i was talking to the nurse and they said what nurse baby and she said i was talking to the african nurse and they said we don't have well what does she look like she was like she was a pretty lady with gray hair and she was african and she Whispered in my mom in my mama's ear when she was crying, and she made my mommy stop crying. She said like, she made my mommy stop crying. I don't know what she said, but she made her stop crying. And then she came over and she was talking to me, and uh, I could I remember my chest hurt, and then she put her hand on me and she said, "It's okay, little one. Don't worry. We're not ready for you yet." And she said she walked out the room and it was very bright and she walked away. Now, when she told the nurses that, they looked at her and they said, sweetie, are you sure? She said, yes. What was her name? And she said she can't remember what she said her name was. She only knows that her name started with a Z. They looked at her and they said, well, we don't know what happened. She said, it's a miracle. We don't know nothing else to tell you, but it's a miracle. She said, first of all, there's no nurse anywhere in this hospital by that name. We don't have a nurse that fits that description on none of the floors. We can double check, but I've been here over 20 years, and I, I don't know a nurse by that name. Long story short, I feel like we were visited by an angel that day. God sent his angel 
to comfort me and to uh, comfort my daughter. And he healed her that day. He answered my prayers. You know, you always hear people, well, I don't know if you always hear, but a lot of time I hear people talk about the spirit animal and stuff. You know how people say, oh, my spirit animal is a tiger. My spirit animal, animal is a bear. I don't know about spirit animals, but I do know, I think my guardians are come in the form of animals because they know I connect, especially with dogs. So they come in the form that I'm most comfortable with at the time. Back when I was younger, I I don't think I would have been comfortable seeing an angel or or someone glow, you know, with the light. It wasn't until I was older I knew what I was looking at. But uh, one particular time I was driving down the street, I had took my nephew's mom to handle some business. And we left, and I, we got in the car, and I put the key in the ignition, and I started the car, and then I immediately turned it off, and I just sat there. I was quiet. I didn't say a word. I just sat there. And she goes, why'd you cut the car off? She says, and I told her, I said, I don't know. Something just told me not to start the car. And she looks at me and she goes, okay, whatever. She said, well, you need to come on because I sat there for about three minutes. And she goes, okay, well, I got things to do, so I need to go home. So come on, let's go. I said, okay, 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 okay. I'm going to start the car. I started the car up again, and I put the car in drive, in reverse, to pull out of the parking lot. And I stopped, and I put it back in park, and I sat there. She goes, what is wrong with you? What did you do? I say, I don't know. Something is telling me not to move. And because she kept prodding, I went on and I said, okay, okay, okay. We're going to leave. We're going to leave. We're going to leave. Pull out the parking lot, back out the parking space, pull out the parking lot, and went down the street, went even a block, and I slammed on brakes. And I slammed her breath. She said, what is the I said, oh, my God, I almost hit that dog. And she goes, what dog? I said, that dog just ran, you know, in front of us. She said, I didn't see a dog. And I'm like, yeah, it was a big, white, fluffy dog ran right across the street in front of us. She says, I didn't see no dog. And just as she said, she didn't see the dog. And I'm trying to tell her there was a dog. We hear this loud. <laughs> a car comes flying down the street, inches from where I stopped. Flew across the in, you know, the street, slammed into a tree, and this young man flew out the windshield and slammed his and his body slammed into the tree. We're sitting there screaming. She's screaming, I'm screaming. We don't know what's going on. And seconds, like maybe 20 seconds later, police come flying down the street, too. Now, we're sitting there. We're screaming. She goes, oh, my God, oh, my God, that could have been us. Oh, if we had, that could have been us. You know, we would we, we have got hit. He would have hit us. He probably would have killed us or, or hurt us really bad. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. We're screaming and we're crying. And she's like, thank God for this. She said, but I didn't say, I said, if it hadn't been for that dog, we would have got hit. We couldn't go anywhere. The police needed us to stay and give our statements because we were witness to the accident. 
and I could see the young man laying on the hood of the car and I see, you know, the blood and everything and him breathing and I'm praying, you know, oh God, please, you know, heal him. If you don't heal him, you know, his family, I'm thinking about everybody. I'm praying for this young man's family. I'm praying for everybody. I don't even, I didn't even know who the young man was, but I felt I was compelled to pray, you know, for him. And, um, found out that he had stolen a car. And the only reason they didn't call off the chase was it was a child in the back seat of the car. And when he stole the car, the woman was running behind him to try to stop him. He didn't know the kid was in the car. And he crashed the car. And the child was in the car. He was injured. You know, but I later found out that the young man that stole that was ejected from the car died. The other passenger was injured and the little boy was injured, but they survived, but the driver died. And all because I stopped for this dog that nobody else saw but me. Another time I'm with my brother and picked him up from work. We're driving down the street. It's kind of dark. I see. First, I thought I saw a cat. He didn't see the cat. Then I kept going, and then I swerved to keep from hitting the dog. He goes, what's going on? I said, oh, my God, I almost hit that dog. I, I couldn't handle it if I, if I hit that dog. He said, what dog? There was no dog. I said, you didn't feel that bump? I swear I hit the dog. I felt the bump. I stopped the car. I got out to go see if I saw the dog that I hit. And he said, you didn't hit a dog. I'm telling you, you didn't hit, hit a dog. I'm like, you didn't feel that. He said, I didn't feel anything. And you didn't hit a dog. While we're, again, arguing about whether or not I hit this dog, I'm terrified looking for this injured animal. We looked on the side of the road, up under the car, nothing. And in the time while we were looking for this dog, and arguing about this dog, big accident happened right in front of us. Right on the street, intersection part of the street that we would have been turning down. But because I was out there looking for this dog that I supposedly hit, we missed the accident. Some people say it's coincidence. I don't think so. I think God speaks to us constantly, daily. And we ignore it. You know how people say something told me not to go there? It's not something, it's someone. God is speaking to you. He's trying to get your attention. He's telling you, don't do this, don't go there. I th we're all connected. We're all connected on a deeper level than family, than blood. We're connected spiritually. We're connected on a spiritual level. And it's so important that you cultivate that level. Cultivate your prayer life. Pray When you pray, 
Expect something to happen. Don't just lacklusterly pray, oh Lord, you know, bless. Don't pray for lottery and none of that foolishness. Don't pray, oh Lord, I need this job. You know, uh, if I could get this job, I really no. Pray with an expectation. Pray without ceasing. So always pray with the expectation. I, um, when people ask me to pray for them, I don't take it lightly. So um, I have a friend we've been praying together um, for a couple of years now. But this is my thing. When you pray and you expect God to move on your behalf, and he moves, be thankful, but don't question. You just prayed about this thing. You just believed that he was going to open a door, turn a situation around. So why are you surprised when he shows up? Did you not believe what it was that you were praying for? Or was it that you didn't have faith in the power of your prayer? Whatever the case may be, I'm here to tell you, God gave you authority. He gave you a connection to him where in the Bible days, a priest had to go before you to pray, to go in the cave and seek God and pray for you and uh, and uh, sacrifice bulls and ox and turtle doves and all the other animals on the altar on your behalf. But when God died on the cross, when Jesus, his son, came, and died on the cross for our sins. He ripped the veil between heaven and earth. And now we are able to petition God on our own behalf. So when you're praying, you are supposed to pray with an expectation that God hears you and he's going to answer your prayer. Oh, but I caution you to know this. When you pray, especially a prayer that says, nevertheless, your will be done. It will behoove you to add to that prayer, God, and as your will is done, give me the strength to accept your will. Because don't you know that sometimes God's will is not our will? Especially when people are sick or or in dire straits, we pray for miracles and we pray for healing. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's what we're supposed to do. But sometimes God's will is not for that person to continue to live. So that's when you need to have the strength to accept his will. How many times have we watched a movie where a person dies and the 
surviving family members are mad with God. I hate God. He let my mother die. How could he do this? How could God let my mom die? How could God let crime happen? Why are people getting sick? Well, because sin was introduced into the world. That's why. Because Adam then broke the commandments that God gave him by not obeying what he said. I give you all the fruits and of the land and the seeds and all this. Just don't touch this one tree. And they did. They were disobedient. What was first sin? Disobedience. Because he didn't obey God when he said, don't eat from that tree. So, it's not that God allows these things to happen. It's that these things happen because sin was introduced. So, bad things happen to good people because of sin. Bad things happen to bad people because of sin. Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life, the love of money. Those things. But when you pray and you ask God to open a door for you, to close the door for you, don't be surprised when he shows up because that's what you expected. You expected him to show up. Not that he showed up. What you scared for. He gave you what you asked for. You asked him to show up in your situation to work it out. He worked it out. Give thanks without question. Give thanks. Be grateful and give thanks. I dare you sit here and pray for deliverance. Pray for God to move on your behalf. You prayed. You fasted. You've Ask people to touch and agree that he would do this particular thing for you. Then he does that thing. And you say, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Then you turn around and question. I don't, you, now you question, was that the right thing to do? No. You have to keep the channel from God to you and from you to God, keep that channel open. Keep that energy flowing. Keep the energy flowing from God to you and from you to God. Keep it open. Doubt has no place in that. You, you can't worry and pray. If you praying, then what you worrying for? Faith and worry should not be bad partners. If you're going to worry, worry. If you're going to pray, pray. There have been times where we have gone through stuff in my own home. and I'm sure my husband felt like there has even been time he's asked to say, don't you care about what's happening? And my reply was, yes, I care. But I can't worry and pray. I can't do anything but do the one thing I know how to do. 
And that's to pray. That's to pray and have faith in what I'm praying. God has never failed me. Why would he start now? He supplied my needs and some of my wants. So why would he fail me now? It comes a time in your life when you're going to have to walk the talk. You talk a good game. I'm faithful. I'm a child of God. I believe uh, on this rock I stand. Okay. At some point, you're going to have to live that faith that you're talking about. Be that person that's standing on, I'm standing on the rock when all around me is sinking, saying, Jesus, it's the rock on which I stand. Sometimes it's lonely on that rock. It's scary on that rock. But I'm going to stand on that rock nevertheless. Flat-footed and firm, I'm going to stand on that rock. And I need you to stand on your rock. Stand on your rock, flat-footed and firm, and say, In God I trust. Do people look at you oddly sometimes? Sure. Should you care? No. Do you argue religion with people? No. You believe what you believe. I believe what I believe. I mean, me having faith, who's it hurting? Who's it hurting? If I choose to have faith, to believe in something greater than myself, to believe that I should love you beyond your faults. Love you in spite of you. Love you even when you hurt me. I may love you from a distance, but I'm going to still love you. Have faith that things will turn around. Things will change. Having faith that it's going to work out. I may not understand it at the time, but farther down the road, it's going to come to me. And I'm going to have that aha moment where I can say, oh, I get it now. I understand now why this happened or how that happened. So. I'm going to continue to have faith. So, who's it hurting? It's not hurting you. If anything, me having faith and believing and believing in prayer only makes me a better person. It makes me a better person that I can show the next person, you know, she's been knocked down. I've seen her go through some things. I've seen her fight some battles. She still got back up. She's still smiling. I want that. That thing right there. Whatever that is that she has, I want it. I'm going to watch her 
and talk to her and figure out how do you keep getting back up? Somebody's watching you. Even when you don't think. I'm not talking about the eye in the sky. I'm not talking about Big Brother and the cameras. I'm talking somebody is watching your daily walk. Kids and kids know if you're fake. I said that about kids because I used to be in the nursery. And kids know if you're fake. You can tell them you love them, but they're not listening to the words that are coming out of your mouth. They're watching the words of your actions. You know how they say actions speak louder than words? It's true. I used to always say, they 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 not watching what you're doing they're watching they hear what you they hear what you're doing they're not listening to what you're saying and my friend said you mean they 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 listen they're watching what I'm doing and not listening to what I'm saying I said no they're listening to what you're doing and they're not hearing what you're saying. I said, I know what I said. I said, because actions speak loud. I can tell them all day I love them. But if my actions are contrary to what I'm saying, they hear what I'm doing louder than they hear what I'm saying. I used to laugh and joke with my kids. I said, I don't know why y'all around me. I don't even like children. And I say, yes, you do. I say, I don't like children. I don't know why y'all kids always up under me. And I used to laugh because I would tell them that all the time as I'm getting ready to read stories to them or something. And one day, one of the little kids in the class, he just shut me down. I couldn't say nothing else after that. I say, oh, all y'all kids, get on my nerves. I don't even like kids. Y'all get away from me and go sit in that circle so we can read this story. And, and the little kid, he looks up at me. He's like, you say you don't like kids. I said, no, I don't even like kids. They said, we know. I said, you know I don't like kids. They said, yeah. They said, yeah, we know you don't like kids, but you love us, though. I was like, I, I, uh, who told you that? They would say, you did. I said, mm-mm. I ain't tell that. say, you love us, though. I said, yeah, I do love y'all. I said, but don't, don't be telling people that I got a reputation to uphold. You know, I'm a tough guy, you know? And they was like, mm-hmm. And me and those children laughed. We had a ball. And it warmed my heart to know that this baby, even though I was teasing them, saying that I didn't like kids, he said, yeah, you don't like us, but you love us, though. Same thing with God. He loves us. People may tell you he don't, but he does. And your prayer life is important. Your prayer life, I don't know how many times I can say, I don't think I can say this enough. Your prayer life is important. Your prayer life is important. Keeping that positive energy flowing back and forth between you and God and God and you. Listen to the voice, that get quiet voice. Work your faith. Just like you work your job, work your faith. 
all I, it's all I'm saying. Just work your faith. Work your faith. Work your faith. And work your faith. And when God shows up, you show out. I have friends, she's she's so stressed, she's stressed, she's stressed, she's stressed. I'm I'm stressed for her. She's she's going through so much. And she calls me and she talks to me. I listen. I try to give her advice. Sometimes I don't say a word. I just let her talk. Have friends that call me like, girl, I need you to pray. Okay, I'm praying. I just thank God that something, the light inside of me, that something that's inside of me that shines out to other people, that that beacon in the darkness, that they know that they can trust me to talk to me. Trust me enough to pray for them and know I'm going to pray with everything within me. I don't take none of that lightly. I don't take any of it for granted. Time for playing is over. We have to get real about the thing. Believe or don't believe. It's up to you. Just know that I'm praying for you. I love you. God loves you. You are important. You are needed, and you're worthy of love. Affirmations are powerful. When you wake up, look yourself in the the mirror and say, you're worthy. You're deserving of love. And you are loved. Thank you for stopping by. I'll see you next time on the other side of the storm.